0: Welcome to The Whole Hard Truth, a brand new podcast hosted and produced by the one and only Oren Lamina dnvr is expanding our podcast universe with new and different voices perspectives and ideas this is just one of many shows that will be distributed but not produced by dnvr and will be different than the type of sports-centric content that we produce in-house this podcast does contain some strong language and the views expressed do not reflect the views of dnvr
1: enjoy the show Blind stares I like a billion pair of eyes That couldn't size me up But see me closely and got no friends on Facebook Homie look You barely know me In finite moments Timeline posts like, What's up and welcome back The whole hard truth It's your boy I promise I'd never say that Orin Lemon I appreciate you guys joining me So Here we go with part two Of episode one resurrected fathers little housekeeping uh, just so you know I realized that you guys might not know who's who most episodes aren't gonna go like this I'm gonna sit somebody down we'll have a straight-up conversation but this one I had to sit my two brothers down in uh, two different spots one a trip to LA with my brother David King that's the brother that you hear audios a little holly really deep gruff voice that's my homeboy, though. That's my brother. And then, of course, the long form, who you'll be hearing first here, um, is uh, my bro, Jr. Johnson. Um, and as you heard, you know, I got a pretty sordid tale. Jr. has been with me through the whole thing, so it was only fitting that I sat him down. And as for David, um, you know, we've known each other for more than a decade, and just grew really close and and have a a kinship that feels like blood so you heard how I got here yeah separated home and kind of an orphan upbringing Uh, and now you're gonna hear about pretty much how I destroyed my marriage (laughs) if you remember anything from part one JR kind of pointed it out that me and my ex-wife weren't really on the same page ever um, and there are a lot of contributing factors to that. That being said, every, um, every story has these intricate details that once you dig into them, you start to realize um, the causality of the human struggle. I don't expect any sympathy or for anybody to, to look at me as a, a sympathetic figure. In that regard i'm just a person just a man trying to figure it out but having said that i think context uh, it's just what we all need in order to actually assess a situation so part two resurrected fathers the whole hard truth coming down in three
2: two what
1: type of house should children grow up? Should it be one where the parents stay together for the sake of the children? And that when I say that, I, I think about like how we talked about your, your folks. You know how I feel about my daughters. Right, absolutely. And I also realized that I started filtering how I feel about my kids Through that lens of, I don't want to be my father.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay? Yeah. Not any less love. Right. They're special people. They are incredible human beings. All three of them. Yes. But I also know that, like, you know, the thing with Africa. The thing with Noodle and me taking on a child that isn't mine When I look back on it, was trying to fill a hole with a person. Does it mean that I love her any less? Absolutely not. She's a miracle child. She's a miracle baby. Um, I don't think that there's any coincidence that you and her are born on the same day. I just don't feel like that. She was brought into my life for a reason. Yep. She helped me. uh, We grew each other up. Yes. In a lot of ways. Yes. Because I was... On a fast track.
0: Yeah, she slowed your ass down. She
1: slowed me down. I yeah. was on a fast track to jail or yeah, worse. And so, but 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 it's also you know because somebody had asked me like, well, like what the what were you thinking hmm. to take on you know someone else's child like that? You weren't in a position hmm. in your life to do that, right? Right. You didn't have a house and a career and a. Co- it was you, right? The orphan taking on an orphan yes and I think the part of that somewhere in there I still need to get to it is is you know I was brought this person and this person needs someone to look after and then in, in order to not be my dad I'm gonna be that person pick it up soldier on right I look at my I look at I look at my marrying Jess because of Casena yes. Through that same lens. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Which is, well, you know, even though you're trying, first of all, you're trying to please this other guy over here. That's my adopted dad. Mm -hmm. Then you're trying to not be this other guy over here. (laughs) That's your biological dad. <laughs> then right. you have your, you know, you, you desperately want to prove that you're this good Christian. I can remember times reading the Bible and being like, God, am I like David? Which of these motherfuckers am I? Never really willing to live my own experience. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, and, and then you got this heavenly father that you're like, okay, I'm good enough. I'm, I, I, I can do this. When he's like, nigga, be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Be honest. Because that's how you're
0: going to, A, be the best person that you can be, and B, be the best person that you can be for that child, is to be honest. Period. But that's difficult to do. It is. It is. It's
1: not, I mean, and, you know, I I don't beat myself over these things. It's just stuff that I've come to the realization of. And it's like, okay, so, you know, we get married, not under the most flowery. And I, okay, we get married, not under the most flowery. Circumstances. Yeah. And then it just becomes a thing of, well, you tough it out, and you'll learn to love it. Right. Now, that's different than what I look at with you and your relationship. And I don't mean to divulge anything. No. No. But I think in every relationship, I think in every, and and, and understand. Well, no, truthfully speaking, a relationship with your spouse is equally as important, if not more important, if you want to have any type of relationship with your kids. Oh, yeah. In in regard of we understand each other, we're, you know, I'm willing to accept this person for who they are. Mm-hmm. that's why I asked the question: What type of house should the, should children grow up in? A house where they can see their parents' flaws, but they also understand that there's genuine love in the house, or a household where t- it's obvious these two people aren't on the same. <laughs> right, they are not on the same page. They 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 I.
0: I say given if if you were, you know, giving those two choices, I think you have to go where the most love is, okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason and I think that love if you're constantly fighting
1: mm-hmm.
0: that person and you're yelling at each other, and you're screaming at each other, there's no love there. Mm-hmm. And under those circumstances, I think it's best to get the fuck away from each other mm-hmm. because you're not demonstrating love to your children. Children. And your children are not growing up in an environment that is conducive to their well-being, i.e. they're not in a love situation at that
1: point. Bro, it, to the point where I, I know kids can feel it. You don't have to fight in front of your kids for them to know that the parents are miserable.
0: Oh, no, it's palpable, man. When you're in a house and you and if the parents aren't talking to each other, and they're walking past each other and their roommates and and they're never in the same room, they're never in the same place. And when they're in the same place, it's it's really tense, you know. Or they're they're they're, you know, it, you you guys don't go do things as a unit. You guys don't eat together. You guys don't go to the movies together. You guys don't do Every time we do something, it's either we're doing this with Dad or we're doing this with Mom. Right. Why the hell are we in the same place if that's going to be, if that's how things are? And that doesn't have to be a fight. It doesn't have to be a constant
1: bickering. and things. Right. You can tell, you know. You know what's crazy, Jar, is that, uh, like, there were times when I know that Jess and I were happy. Right. Or at least I thought, I was happy. By the time she was pregnant with Nava, that definitely... Discontent. So I'm working at Fox. Things are going great. Yeah. She's a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. She's got two kids, one biological, the other not After was the oldest and now a third is on the way right and i was living two different lives at, at home and at simca you were i was husband father right at work i was burgeoning sports talk host guy guy yeah go out and party after work is done guy, trying to, and I know it, you know, cause I lived it, trying to um, create a, some passion in what was otherwise a pretty good, pretty good deal. <laughs> it's a pretty good life, you know what I mean? I got a good job, yeah. You know, you're moving somewhere in the industry that you like and I, that I like and I enjoy. But I'm not in lockstep with this person. Right. Justin, what's crazy is like she wouldn't even watch the show. I know. I remember that. I remember that vividly. I remember
0: that vividly. And I, and I never understood it. I was like, why don't you don't
1: support. She never supported what you were doing in your career. It seemed it was something that was like the money was great. Right. But the thing itself was not something that.
0: Yeah. And I don't know, you know, without asking Jess, what was that all about? You know, there was, it was. It was something. It was, there was something there. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, she resented the fact that you were out there and she was at home with the kids. Maybe she didn't want to be that. You know, and she resented the fact that you were able to go out and freely move about the cabin, if you will. Right. And she had to continue to stay in her seat with her seatbelt on. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, right. I don't know if that and there was some resentment there, and she was just like, "Well, fuck that, then I'm not even gonna support this or whatever." But there was definitely something there. Um. I never understood it.
1: It was weird because, you know, we agreed together that she would stay home, that she'd be stay, and she, I. I I know she took to it instantly. Right. And I also know that there was a want for, you know, managed, you know, f- for adult time racks, outside the house. Right. Do you guys, right. have you guys dealt with that in your marriage? Did you yeah, guys? Yeah,
0: yeah. We, we, because we, we were definitely, you know, our, our kids, the funny thing is our kids are six months apart. Apart in both. In both instances. In both instances. That's right. Both six months apart. So our Experiences were damn near parallel for sure. Because Marcy, we decided we did the same thing. We decided she was gonna stay home, right? Remember, she was a stay home mom. Yeah, and I was out doing the thing. You know, I was. What was I? I think, I I think was you were doing do, mortgage, I think industry mortgage at that, at that time. I yeah, think I was doing loan processing. Yeah, I think I was working in the mortgage industry at that point. Um, and we had we were struggling with that exact same well we were running walking parallel for sure to what you guys were doing um there were some times where you know marcy would struggle you know because she was it was she's at home she's with the baby it's the only adult interaction that she got was for me mm-hmm. when i came home mm-hmm. you know and I know she struggled with that a little bit at that point, you know, as well. Um, I think the difference, Orr, was that I came home. For sure. Yeah. And I think that was the difference, was I was coming home, and I was, after work, I came back to the house. I never went party. I didn't go to the club. I didn't go drinks. I didn't do any of that. Um, I came back home. And I had a regular 9 to 5. Mine's was 9 in the morning, you know, 8 in the morning till 5 in the afternoon. And then I was at home. Yours was a little different because I remember you would have to.
1: We'd have to work the post you have to work post game. It was, a, it was a night job. Yeah, you
0: would be doing night things and you wouldn't get back until.
1: 11, 12.
0: 1 o'clock in the morning. And then
1: I started taking liberties.
0: <laughs> right. For sure. So there was, there was some animosity there, too, because it was almost like. The difference was is that when I was coming home, I was and I was being dad, and I was a hundred percent involved in Zipporah's life at that point. For sure, you know, I was I was giving her baths, I was putting her to sleep, I was you know doing the bottles, I was doing the whole dad thing, and I think for Jess's you know in her defense, for sure she felt like she was doing, doing the whole mom thing, and you were still doing the whole single, single guy. Thing. It's straight up. At that point.
1: Straight up. So we
0: had, you know, we had, to, I said all that to say that, yeah, we had our, our little tips, but they weren't as extreme as yours, I think, because I think I was there for a lot of them. I
1: had this, I had this notion and it's like a decade long, a decade long absence. And, and it hit me like this is what it would feel like to be an inmate like somebody who went away Mm. went away for you know whatever you did got locked up but i didn't but i did i didn't choose for my two youngest to leave colorado i live in the same state same city damn near the same section that i was living in when they left Mm. but over the course of a decade the time that was lost was complete yeah when you know what i mean when a lot of letter writing yeah. and it's interesting to do this now post having reconnected with the girls yeah. because the nigga yeah. because you know i was talking to Cassandra and uh i told her i said you know there was a there's a part of that like when you wouldn't want to talk on the phone yeah. rip my whole shit out and talking to Corey, who's hilarious because this nigga said, I had to tell my kids, I said, man, you know, there's a point in time when I was not in my right mind yeah, at all. Yeah. I, walking, functioning, doing all the things that a human being can do. Take a shit when you got to take a shit.
2: If your car, if your car from the outside, right, if it breaks if say you park your car outside, the brakes is fucked up. Right. no gas in it. Right. The engine is the cooling, is out of it. Uh, no windshield or fluid. If this is parked outside, you walk by it, just looks like a fucking, fucking, car. fucking car, you know. And then you turn that motherfucker on and get inside. They and none of this cracking. Every, like, lights come on. <laughs> <and> that <laughs> light's <laughs> and that's how it is, man. We're just like, we're sh- fucking shields to software on the inside. Nigga,
1: the know, decisions man. that I was making from the moment that I decided to cheat on my wife, which again, is why I wanted to sit oh, and talk with you. Yeah. Because <laughs> you knew me through this entire time. I
2: through the whole shit. I feel like I seen the rise and fall, and the rise.
1: Nigga, you definitely seen the fall.
2: You was already cracking. Right.
1: Nigga moving about, you know, back and forth,
2: had a different pair of shoes every day. Nigga pivot and You know what I'm
1: saying?
2: um, I I seen you, I'm like, damn, I was like, that's a fly nigga right there. You doing this shit. Fly young nigga. And then I'm just sitting at Domino Effect, and I was like, fuck, man, like, God is getting at my nigga for whatever reason, you know? And uh, I mean, I'm just happy to see your rise. I feel it, like I see it, I feel it, it's good to see.
1: In those spaces where you see your people making decisions, because I've never wanted to make this thing like, there was a point in time when I had excuses and I think my excuses are valid. I think the system's fucked up. I think the the, the weaponization of, you know, um, custodial rights. Right, right, right. Is, and, you know, I mean, on a smaller level, you're dealing with this, but you're you're dealing with it from, I think, a place of power where I wasn't dealing with it from a position of power. When my wife, when Jess left, I thought I was making a decision that was wise in as much as to say that to not fight and shit's in a shambles. Like, you know, the job's not going so well. She wants twelve hundred dollars a month. Um, I'm Um, i am over my head These aren't excuses I'm, These are conditions Um All angles All angles And then she says Well I want to go home For a second with my parents And Just chill You know what I mean Recollect myself I can
2: Your version of that was Okay You know The girls That would be kind of a I mean, She was going to re- Reset Reset You don't have that luxury No So that was your version Of that
1: the wildness, yeah. Oh, nigga. I mean, you yeah. see, I,
2: like t- 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 the point of like, I can be irresponsible for a, a period of time, right? Now sure. Because you don't, you don't have that luxury of like, mom, dad, or whatever. I just need to get. I need to get off the, the grid for a second. For sure. And I need your help. I need your support. I need your emotional support. I need crutch.
1: I, I, need, I need somebody to watch these kids while yeah. I cry. Yeah, and yeah, while
2: I, You know what I'm saying? like That was your version of that.
1: That's interesting that you say that because it's like, at never one point in time did I ever feel like, I know my, I told, I was talking to the girls before, the day that I left and I was like, you know, I always had this grand plan of my return, yeah. right? So 2010 they leave and it's under the auspices of I'm gonna go home to Wisconsin, yeah. chill with my, my folks, get my head right. She had a job that she was supposed to be starting back in Denver. And at the time, when I signed this piece of paperwork, David, and this is gonna be, okay. when I signed this piece of paperwork, basically abdicating my custodial rights. Mm -hmm. For some reason, because it was pretty clear cut what was being asked and what would be consented to. And for some reason, there was a part of me that was just like, well, this is temporary. I think it was wise to think that because I was, I was led to believe that that would be the case. But this is a person who, for all intent and purpose, still to this day, really doesn't like me very much. And for good reason. Within context. You know what I mean? You have a mate. You cheat on the mate. You run the risk of the mate hating you. <laughs> it's pretty it's, 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 it's pretty basic. So the, the ask to leave and reprieve, I looked at as, yeah, kind of a woosah moment. You need that. I need this. We'll reconnect. Yeah. Just give me about a couple months. Was I fooling myself? I think, Keep it I think, above.
2: In, in retrospect, like I'm not sitting here like I just had this fucking perspective. This For sure. Grand perspective at the time. I'm like, shit. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't.
1: Because you're going through something similar. For sure.
2: I believe that you, we have that ability. I think that's a protected trait that we have the ability to lie to ourselves mm-hmm. and not, you know, a woman gets beat by her, her husband. He loves, he's doing it because he loves me. He just doesn't express you know, Bitch.
1: Like, it. Bitch. <laughs> <should> I, <laughs> I mean, let's keep it a butt.
2: Okay. You're getting beat.
1: And you can rationalize that. That's you how strong. Beat himself. Right. Right.
2: The shit that he cares about, he don't destroy. For sure. He's beating your ass. So, in your case, I think that whatever break that you needed, you never had. Whatever it is, maybe you lost a piece of your, your childhood. That's for sure. You lost something, and you got it back there.
1: You know, it's interesting because you, you were one of the ones who told me like, you remember the conversation we had about me writing raps about my mom? Do you remember that?
2: I remember the conversation. I don't remember what I said. Because you were kind of like, bro. Like, cut, lay off of it. <coughs> I cut the shit. <laughs> I remember, I remember. Cut the shit. I remember. And I meant that with love. I no, know, I know that.
1: Like, but I, Well, it's something that needed to happen because, you know, up into this backstory, I am an orphan. Raised by the streets, yeah. the story, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh,
2: that shit, I that. I feel like that. that's something that should be known about you. Um, because I should say that, you know, me and Corey have even talked about it in certain conversations, like, that is, you're resilient, you know what I'm saying? In the sense of, like, you're one of the, you're a person that people want to be around. You're a light for people for sure you know coming from certain circumstances, like, well, I mean, bro, if one of the kids don't listen to me, I'll have an attitude all day. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if my work is fucking wrong, I'm like, man, right? Right, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. When, so, it, when it comes to the, kids, like, I'm just like, but general, though, like, you, you, you're a pretty, you're a pretty bright, bubbly guy, you, you know what I'm saying? for and I don't mean it like that, but I'm just saying like Yeah, we're not gonna be bubbly. Yeah, you <laughs> We don't bubble. You're you're, uh, you're 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 sharp. For sure. Okay. Um in, a, in like a carbonated way. You yeah, know, but it's like, <laughs> <because laughs> a kick TV, You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> 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 kick diggy right there, God. To come from like you know what I'm saying? Like and you've expressed to me like how kind of how the household was. You put your adopted parents. Yeah, and, for sure. You know. Your pops later, but you didn't really have a relationship with him anyway, so it really kind of didn't even, you know, when he passed, it seemed to me that it was more so like the just the thought or the idea of reconnecting or reconciliation reconciling with your dad. Now that's all I'm you gone, even though you weren't making no moves for so it. You're like, damn, now if I wanted to, I can't do it now for sure. And I think that that should be known about you, like, man, I'm gonna work on you know what? A whole it, Oliver Twist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, it's it's funny because as 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 strongly as I feel about my kids, mm-hmm. I, I I found out. Well, let's go through. It. So we, um, and I'm going to come back to that point. Yeah, yeah. As strongly as just remind me. Okay. You, as, strongly as strongly as you, you feel about your kids. Yeah. Okay. So while I'm, you know, you know, working and, and things are going well and the stars rising a little bit, you know right. what I mean? I start feeling myself. Yeah, yeah. I start feeling myself. And, you know, music was always a thing that was on the outside of that. And I know early on in our relationship, I had set Jess up for resenting me being away before Cassina, before we even got married. When, when we were dating, you know, I kind of told her, you know, I'm, I'm going rapper and, uh, and I'm gonna, you know, you can't count on me being, you know, when I go right. out on, we're on tour, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be able Bam. to hold it you down. Know, yeah, right. We're going to do this. And so I think that that kind of might have, in the background, played into some things. Uh, there's a couple other dynamics of our relationship where I think trust was something that had been challenged early. But fast forward to 2006, oh, man. You know, ah. Uh, this one is, wow, because it's like, you know, I don't think that there's anything worse that you can do to a woman than cheat on them while they're pregnant. I it, would agree. It sets this, you know, they already have enough to deal with. Right. The hormonal body, mm-hmm. loss of independence. Right. The All of it. Yes. And then you're the guy who is like, exactly, you're fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or <laughs> whatever. Right. Right? Right. You know, because it's going to play out like that, right? Absolutely. He doesn't want me anymore. Is it because I'm unattractive? You know, it's the
0: thing. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it, I mean, it couldn't have To this day, you know, I've had to realize. You know, Corey said something to me the other day. We were talking. He said, man, I had to tell my kids, man. He said, man, y'all don't understand. Um, Not really pitying himself, but saying, like, y'all have to understand. When y'all were kids, I was out of my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who I was. Oh, I'm man. trying to figure out what the fuck I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And I'll say this. You know, by the time it got to the point, I was I was actively, uh, you know, me and Ron, rest in peace. Uh, you remember Ron?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Me and Ron were talking. Ron was the uh, guy that I worked with at Fox Sports Network Rocky Mountain. And he and I were talking um, about cheating on our wives, mm. not planning or plotting, right? Just having the just conversation. Just having that conversation. It was just out could there. you was the thing. Right? How could you? What, what would be the? You know? What would be the circumstances? And, you know? He's like, nigga, you out there. You know what I mean? You on planes, you're going with the Rockies, well whatever. Like, what are you gonna do? I see how this girl's doing and, and and we came to, he said, you know, I think I could cheat. On. He said, he told me, he's like, I could cheat on my wife. I know I could. What I couldn't do is put on my pants and go home. Mm. He said, if I did it, if I did it, it my marriage is over. That's it. Right. That's it. That's it. He's like, I could see myself doing it. What I can't see is walking away from mine my marriage because I wouldn't be able to go home right I couldn't keep the secret it's just I wouldn't be able to do it yeah and I was like yeah that sounds right right." (laughs) I couldn't I couldn't go home right and damn I pushed the limit and 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 by the time I cheated on Jess I had been to the girl's house four or five nights yeah. And this is at post work and it would always happen the same way. Do the do the sports report, sport report finishes, right. Go out with the with the crew. Mm-hmm. We'd all do the same thing, you know. And these are married people, some married, some single. Go out with the crew, hit a bar, usually the usually I won't say the haunt, but hit a bar that happened to be right across the street from a club that was always jumping. Right. On Market Street, the crew would stay and we'd all play pool and kick it around for a while. And then everybody trickle off in there and Oren goes right across the street. Mm-hmm. And it got routined where I would see the same female. You know, and now this is over – I mean, even over the span of a, of a baseball, you know, this is so the start of baseball. In right. A, Going coming into July,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it happened in June, so this had been going on from April. Mm. In terms of my habits of post sports oh, report, hang out with the with the crew, right? Gone and at first it was very innocent, it was very benign, right? Because when I would come home, be quiet, keeping it at a buck, Jess would be sleep, right? The girls are asleep. right? I'm like. Do you, do you see what I'm doing out here? Right. You know, I want some. I want to come on my. You know, what I mean, I want right. to. Look. You want to have some? Yeah, I want some, some pussy. Yum, you know what I mean, you well, mean keep it a buck. Help some some brother yum, yum. I need some yum yum. Right. And, and I remember she was just in a place where I'm like, you know, you can have sex with your wife all the way up through what six six months? About six, seven, six, like six seven you months.
0: You can have it all the way up until, until the day baby. she popped. Yeah, yeah
1: she wasn't really there i'm not making excuses i'm just painting the slide right you go through spring training you get to the beginning parts of the you know the baseball season i can't remember if the rockets were good that year or not they were probably pretty good this was this was around that time yeah maybe and i can just remember like slowly but surely falling into a want to fulfill this urge And I walked myself right into it. Yeah. Like literally walked myself right into it. It was there, there was no there, there was no question as to. It. And like I said, by the time I got down to the deed, I had gone to this young lady's house at least four times. Wow. And, you know, the heavy petting, right? You know, making out, but no, we can't. Right. Go on. Because with her, I told her, I was like, I'm married. So you need to know this. I was very, I was very uh, an adept. I was a very adept liar, because you tell half truth. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell this one the truth, so you know that there's nothing coming out of this except for. Right. For what it is. For what it is. Right. And I can go home. Right. And, man, bro, by the time, by the time the deed actually got done, I say the deed got done. That sounds that. By the time I cheated on my wife. I had long since crossed that Rubicon with what well, I was talking about with with Rome.
0: You had already basically
1: I had basically done everything done but everything had but sex. Right. And still made it home and was like it's kind of weird but I'm okay with this. Right. But you know like I know. Didn't last long. No. Be- because my wife found out. And how did my wife find out, JR? I told her. You told her. Yeah. Because
0: you if you're living with someone, you know, and I, and I always tell this to Marcy. I was like, you know, I told Marcy, I would never cheat on her. You know, I, I, I would never do that. It's too difficult when you're living with someone to have a secret like that. Right. You know, because even if you're adept enough to be able to hide all of the, you know, the, the, to hide it within yourself... There are little things You slip up when you get home. When you're at home, you're comfortable. Right. You start dip, emptying out your pockets. Right. Different things start coming out. I mean, the matchbook <laughs> here, a number here, things here, that there. It's too difficult to do that. And then the guilt. The guilt. The absolute heavy-ass guilt on you. You can't continue to walk around like that. So I, I
1: – Bro, know, it was so real. Was so heavy. The guilt yeah, part I mean, of it—it it was that you know people asked me why did why would you do that? Why would you tell her? And I was like, I could not hold that. You one. can't. You can't. And and from the minute I told her, Jr. the the uh, the golf ball started unraveling. Yeah. The cover had been split. And it was nothing but and it was twine, just
0: like rubber bands, just, <laughs> just
1: just flying out. Because to that point in my life, I had done a good job. Same thing with Marianne. I had done a good job of chaos over here. You comport yourself to the order over here. Mm-hmm. You're in the streets over here doing Got your it. shit. You go to church on Sundays. And it's and all you're good. The good. You're a good Christian, right? Right. And then you turn that into Saturdays, right? Right. Still good
0: Christian,
1: right? I had no problem being who I was. I could compartmentalize well. Mm. I think. I, I think. I, I think it's something a, a skill that I learned or something that I picked up just from losing my mom at 13 and not completely falling the fuck apart as a person who's in the world basically by themselves. Right. Not by myself, but. These aren't your parents. Right. JR is a great friend, and that's not your family. Right. You are, in essence, by yourself. No excuses, just things that I've come to realize about. And I, you know, go through counseling and whatnot, whatever. By the time I cheated on Jess, there was just no compartmentalizing. Yeah,
0: it was. Yeah. I thought, uh, you know what I think? I think you were done at that point. Fam. I think you were done. You hold yeah. it together for as long as you can. Well, and I think you needed an excuse to be done. I think you're right. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you can't just walk into a situation like that with somebody that you care about and say, "Listen, I don't want to do this anymore." Right. You know, and I think a lot of that it's it, it's hard. One thing I know about you, Warren, is that you don't like being the bad guy. For sure. Okay. So it would have been a lot easier. And you're in your 20s. Okay. We're all in our 20s. It would have been a lot easier for you to just say, listen, Jess, I can't do this with you anymore. I know you're pregnant right now. I know that this has happened. I know we got babies, this, that, and the other. I
1: can't do this anymore.
0: You think that would have been
1: been a lot? Anyway, keep going, keep going.
0: You're going to have to figure this out. But instead of doing that, you needed another excuse to get out. Hmm. And so you, I think you cheating on her was obviously fulfilling a need that you weren't getting. That was part of it. And then I think the other part of it was, allowing yourself to get out of this situation, you know? It's funny because you don't want to be the bad guy, but you still end up
1: being Being the bad guy. guy.
0: (laughs) You end up being the worst guy.
1: For sure. You could have just been the bad guy, but you ended up being the worst guy. You know what's crazy too about that is that it's like, so 2006, I cheat on my wife. I tell her about it, and then I completely fell into the bad guy role. Shortly thereafter would be yeah. a ch- another child, not mine, right? that I was willing to subject myself to. Yep, I remember that.
2: Yes. What
1: the fuck was that? <laughs> 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 Bro, I was I losing my shit. So it's why when Corey said it, I laughed because I was like, I've been there in my life. Where I was sentient, I was very aware of the things I was doing. I was definitely chasing this stardom and we're at Rocket Space so you guys might be hearing some music in the background but it ain't that bad. Yeah. That's um right. I was chasing this stardom thing on one side cuz things were going great. Yeah. In the professional part of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I was on TV before Joy was on TV. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. So remember. keep it a book. I remember. But no, it's you know, things were going right, and I and I wanted to I wanted to fill you know, they said what do they say the sow your wild oats yeah and you know the females were at no shortage to assist in that to by the time that the whole thing happened with ezekiel it was just like you okay something's not something's not right here yeah with your behavior just your choices and it just increased from there and the whole point of all this was you know the 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 person that i became in Post cheating on Jess was a little more like. This are the things that you should have probably been, the expressions that you should you should have probably getting into with your parents. Yeah. Not Dad, I'm not getting married. Right. I live like the Dickens, to be quite honest with you. If you want to come see right. how your son is actually living, this is who I am. Right. As opposed to the veneer of no good Christian son that you just don't see a lot. <laughs> like my parents didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Like they didn't know who I no, was. No, they the had streets. no
0: idea. They had zero
1: idea. And so it's like by the time and, and, and lost in the mix of all of this, I don't want to lose it, but it, it it's important because the 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 mantra the entire time was not wanting to be my my father, right. a man who fathered seventeen kids across the face of the planet, and <laughs> p- effectively raised none of them. Effectively, right. he was an influence in you know my brothers and sisters that grew up in the Congo, but he wasn't effectively. I I don't think he was an I can't. I'm yet to find out how effective he was in the lives of the siblings that I have that at least grew up in his house. Right, right, right. We will right. find that out as the years as things were As you start to come in contact with them. And- but for the most part, you know, and so these beautiful little girls that I was blessed with get caught in the wash of me trying to figure out who the fuck I am exactly. as a human being. Exactly. Which was all kinds of bad, right? Because now I get some balls about myself. I get some... Right. Right? And so the we do the marriage counseling thing. And inside, inside I'm hearing, this isn't the thing, Orin. Right. It doesn't matter how many sessions of marriage counseling you guys go to. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Period. And I got the nerve up. And that's the first truth that I told in a long time. Because, you know, when Rabbi and them got involved and, you know... He, Cheating on your wife, and then, and then it was, you know, you sit with, with uh, Mrs. Messer, and uh, you know, I sit with Rabbi, and and the whole community is like, we can pray y'all. We can pray this all the way. That corporate religious experience, bro, is not the move. Uh, no. It's just not the move. A personal relationship with whoever you consider God, whatever you consider God to be, is the best way for you to go. Because you listen to a lot of people, you know, I I don't blame anyone. But it was it was a corporate experience that had me afraid to tell my parents. I'm a sinner in these streets. Yeah. I'm out here in these streets, right. and I'm not marrying this girl because you said that I need to get married, mm-hmm. Pop. And then you know, even to look at uh, uh, you know myself and say, God, whoever you are to me, I'm not I'm not there yet. Apparently, apparently. Yeah. So I need to. I, you're gonna have to love me over here in this, as opposed to the running back and forth to the p- pew and the pulpit, right. uh, crying, "Oh my God!" and repent this Sunday, and go back out and do the same thing again. This was my life for t- you know for the better part of nine years. Yeah. The nine that we were together, the two dating her, and then the seven married until we got divorced. And then after the divorce, you know, we're going through marriage counseling, and the community is very, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna make this happen, we're gonna. You make and Marcy were instrumental yeah, in I know. that. I remember. And the entire time, the truth was that this isn't what I want. Irrespective of my children, whom I love, this isn't how I can display that to them, an adult decision like your parents had made. Exactly. Exactly. You don't have to be in this house, Oren. To be an effective, efficient parent. Right. To your kids, yes. So when it came down to it, and it was time to go home because Jess and I had lived apart for a minute, you know, the separation thing. I was like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Not in good conscience. Right. What I didn't understand is that I'd be forfeiting a whole lot in doing that. Yeah. And that's where a woman's scorn comes in.
0: <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell you what. Um. I think it would have – I think – yeah, if – you struggled with a lot, okay? You struggled with... Um, I think you struggled a lot with trying to figure out who
1: you were. For sure. And what
0: you wanted, obviously. And had you come to that conclusion... You know what? I think you knew what you wanted.
1: I was afraid.
0: You were just afraid of To that. admit it. Yeah. You were afraid to admit it because, again, you were more concerned about... The public perception, of the image—that's that, right. As opposed to just being like, you know what, I know what's right for me. Fuck what y'all think is right for me. Right. I know what's right for me, and I know what's going to what the best scenario is for me, which would allow me to be the best dad, dad that I can be at. This right. Point. Because it's going to allow me to be the best me. And I have to take it. I got to put my oxygen mask on. When when you're going down in an airplane, and shit goes down, you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you help anybody else. And I don't think that you... Your pursuit of you trying to not be your dad, you never put your oxygen mask mask on, on. bro. You never did. So you never took care of... You were trying so bad to try to take care of, try to be something that you weren't instead of just trying to be who you were, you neglected yourself, and as a result, you ended up neglecting everybody else. Everyone else. Everybody. Because you never got yourself together. Never. Never got yourself together. Never looked at yourself and said, okay, what do you need from you? Right. You know what I'm saying? How do I need to be... What's gonna be best for, for me at this point? You had to be, se- <laughs> you were. It was weird, man, because you were. You weren't being selfish,
1: but you were being selfish. All at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> All at the same time. <laughs> fucked up. It just, A really fucked yeah. up individual, bro.
0: Yeah. I mean, you had a lot of work that you needed to have done, man. You you had gone through so much shit. And again, I'm not excusing. There's any no excuses of to be
1: made at all. There's
0: not excusing any of your behavior at all. With that being said, you needed to concentrate on you. You needed to get your shit together first. You needed to figure out who the hell you were. And then you could be a better husband, a better father. All of these things. You never should have married Jess. Y'all should have never gotten
1: married. Man, Straight up and down, bro. Period.
0: Never. Um, I think you would have been a better father to...
1: Both of my girls. Both. All of three your, of my girls. All three
0: of your girls, you know, had you... Being honest with yourself and and being, because then what happened is after you got divorced then you completely wow oh out. nigga it was <laughs> <laughs> you, were just, you were like ah, bro ah, that, you, you were
1: gone the last at that point. the last four years I've been better yeah the first six years and to to, to catch anyone up so Jess's response to me not going home because the question was well are you coming home or not mm-hmm. I said I can't that's just not And I ended up telling her, you know, which to this day, how much honesty is too much honesty? How much truth is too much truth? When asked why I wouldn't go home, when asked what was it, I told her my dad's story about, I married you because he said so.
0: Mm -hmm. I, how much truth is too much truth? I don't know if there's a good answer to that. I think it depends on the situation. Sure. I think it depends on um, the maturity of who you're dealing with. I don't think that there's such a thing as too much truth. I don't either. Because it's it's, I just think that there are different levels of, maturity that come into play and how much can you handle said truth. Right. Because I think like I think telling your kids (laughs) certain things I think are beneficial to them. I think you have to be as truthful as you can with your kids but I don't think that there is I don't think that there's there's a, a time when they're mature enough to handle
1: Sure. You're putting That's adult true. shit on kids yeah, when, you, when, you're, yeah, right. you,
0: when you're putting in an adult thing. Now, when you're talking to two adults, I don't think that there is I don't think there's a such thing as having too much. truth. I don't
1: either. It. And I think that when I told her what I told her, what I was trying to do was finally be honest with her. Mm-hmm. When I told her about cheating on her. Yeah, it was in it was it was truthfully at the time. It was in the hopes of saving what was, I think, swiftly going to get away from me. Because I know me well enough to know that Had I been able to reconcile with myself That I could cheat on her and go home And I had already done it Right Had I been able to reconcile that with myself I think I could have kept that up for a long time Wow I think I could have been that guy That ends up You know It's not that I didn't screw That I didn't fuck over a at least the, the nuclear family that I had, right, in my actions, and then my admission to my actions. But I think I could have really fucked some shit up. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that. You know, living a lie within—I <laughs> don't know if there's a difference. Living a lie over the span of two months is a lot different than living a lie over the span of five, ten five, years.
0: Five, ten years, yeah, yeah. It, it. I think it's a lot harder to deal with when it goes for that long.
1: I I just I would I'm just gonna assume that it would be, yeah. Because of the time that you know, and what happens over the course of that time, are you able to pull it off enough to where your wife really thinks that you really aren't out there like that, right? Or do you become this distant kind of? But you're together for the. I never wanted to be together for the kids. That's the one thing, and I've always wanted to be in love, in love, like with the person that I'm supposed to be with. I've known that about myself for forever. And, and so by the time it was like, are you coming home? And it was like, no, nah, I'm not. I can't do this anymore. Right. She was embittered. And then when I told her why, right. when I told her why I was at where I was at, I, I it crushed. I would imagine that it really shattered a piece of her. Like she was, you know, she's like, you're a liar. It you broke. told me you love me. It broke her for It broke her. It did. It broke her. And I've always, you know, I've always felt bad about that. Yeah. But I felt bad more about the fact that I set her up for it. Right. Than See, I did about finally being honest. And about
0: so, it. And, and to go back to the whole, how much truth is 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 too much truth? I think it's a timing of that truth too. For sure. Because okay, let's let's just say the truth. Your truth would have been different had you had told her the truth a long time ago. Uh huh. Okay. Because your truth, Jess, I don't think I want to do this. I don't want to marry you let's just raise this child that we have that truth at that time would have been so beneficial. It's much better than the truth at I just cheated on you truth at that time. Right. Because not telling the truth at this time back here, back when you knew that, Hey, maybe I don't want to do this led you to a different truth. Which is now I, I still don't want to. It's still the truth. I still don't want to be here. But now it's deteriorated into now I've cheated on you. Right. And here's the truth. Now, now. you're
1: questioning yourself yes. wh- whether or not you're good enough. Could right. you have done something? Did you do something to make this happen? Right. Are you attracted to all those things?
0: Right. All of that. And, and she's pregnant. Right. And she's God, pregnant. I. <laughs> and she's pregnant. Yes. But that truth is I cheated on you. And it's a result of this truth way back here. If I would have told you this truth, I don't want to be. I, I don't necessarily want to go here and get married to you. I'd have told you that truth. They would have never got to this truth, which is rooted in that truth. For that sure. Old truth. So I just think it, I think it's the timing of the truth because when you don't tell the truth, that truth never goes away. No,
1: it fat. It, it, it grows. That's right.
0: And now I have to tell you a different truth. And right. And the different truth is I cheated on you. Right. So I, that's the That's crazy. To the that's yeah. crazy. That's the answer to that question.
1: Wow. This one uh, that's playing that I started this episode with is called uh, Head. A lot of the music that I made uh, in my music making career, which isn't over by any stretch of the imagination. It's just graduated to a new level was always cathartic a catharsis for me it was a place where i got to talk about the things like i'm talking about now but of course you do that in cryptic sort of metaphor um you know very disguised you know put the pieces to the puzzle together uh tones and this is coming straight at you and i hope it's coherent i really do hope that this conversation is shedding some light on exactly what i'm trying to create with this platform which is a place where um unadulterated truth is not only welcomed it's encouraged i'm not proud of the path that i walked um to get to this point but my life wouldn't be uh what it is without it and i accept all of my life the good the bad and the ugly. there is a silver lining at the end of the tunnel it does have a happy ending and uh we'll get into that in part three um but I, i more than anything i just hope that you're picking up on the tone that we're going to be setting here on the whole heart truth i'm really thankful to you know brandon spano the dmvr for giving me a platform to to share these these type conversations with y'all yeah I, i couldn't be uh more happy to do it so part three uh resurrected fathers the whole heart truth coming at you shortly on the dmvr podcast network